You're listening to Legal Tech Academy. Podcast that inspires legal professionals to make a difference in the sector, but being more than just a lawyer. My name is Iga Kurowska and I'm sitting down with inspirational individuals from all over the world to talk about their projects, the lessons they've learned, their views on hot upcoming trends and many more. Together we discuss how to make a change in the legal sector. Welcome to the next episode of Legal Tech Academy podcast. Today we were here at transmission of a special meetup that we had a chance to host a few weeks ago and due to unfortunate circumstances of Russian invasion on Ukraine we decided to talk about Legal Tech for Ukraine. We will present you two perspectives, the first one from inside of Ukraine with Regina, the head of Legal Tech Hackers of Kiev being here with us and also from the outside with Kim from the United States, whose law firm and their platform, they decided to build a tool for immigration to enable the asylum seekers to facilitate their life and to make it easier for them. So welcome to the two of guests and enjoy the conversation. Maybe let's start with uh, Regina. Uh, Regina, the floor is yours. Greetings, everyone. I'm so glad to see you all and uh, thank you for supporting Ukraine because uh, as you are here, you're interested in Ukrainian news. Also, you want to um, learn more about Ukraine. So I also appreciate for that. Uh, first of all, I'm Virginia Benrenka. Is interrupt me. I'm Seov Brownman. It's a digital lawyer for everyone in Ukraine, and also I'm organizer of Kiev Legal Hackers. That's why I think I have a small right to uh, introduce our um, also our legal tech um, projects because uh, I also sometimes involved in this process and I have uh, opportunity to uh, say more about their functions or their challenges. And uh, first of all, I must to say that um, we have, I think, a huge legal tech um, market because we have more than, um, I think, now 150 projects it's a lot for um country where we don't uh, where we don't have a huge budget and also a financial market at all uh invest investing um, markets uh, and all, all instruments with uh, need for startups but we are growing up and that's why it was our uh, advantage uh, in the world because we have a lot of solutions which we can modificate, also collaborate with them, and uh, to uh, get our, as I named, legal tech front. The first challenges which we get in the first day of war, it's first of all, it's informing civilians because uh, when war is start, we also have a lot of law changes because of our status of country also 
a lot of our uh, civilians goes to another country, so we also must support them uh, with refugees info. Also, there are a lot of uh, changes in court system, uh, notaries, uh, registers, and other aspects of life, and civilians uh, don't know what to do, so they go to their um, lawyers, uh, NGOs, which they use, uh, they, they know, and also to legal tech uh, projects. Uh, the next the, uh, challenge uh, that country have um, uh, during the first, I think, second of the while, it was uh, having access to registers because in Ukraine we have very digitalized government. So every register we have in open data format and also uh, all evidence about your uh, property, for example, or about your stats, we also collect in registers. So uh, if you don't have uh, any documents on your for your flat, for example, uh, so you also need access to the uh, registers, and that's why uh, it was a, a very huge, uh, um, huge work and a huge challenge for Ukraine and, of course, the government services. Because, uh, for example, me as lawyer and also as citizens, I uh, don't call to any administration body's center, maybe even two or three years, because everything what I need, I can uh, make um, online. So for example, when I got my ID card again, after uh, 25 years, I apply the application for that also online. So I just go to the near center and get my ID card. Uh, so it's also a huge problem because we understand that the, the first of all, uh, Russia after the full scale, um, full scale war starts cyber uh, uh, attacks to fall a wall system because a lot of services also using uh, was using. Uh, by government uh, to inform people what to do, uh, who is uh, who is your enemy, who uh, you can trust, and also about the lot of uh, public uh, pages which will be provided um, after that uh, the information for our citizens. The, se the second challenge uh, was uh, having access to register. It's uh, it, it's not only uh, about your property rights and uh, but it's more about your status because a lot of Ukrainians have, for example, digital uh, digital uh, ID cards. That's why uh, there are a lot of problem uh, to, for example, uh, identify yourself because, for example, I don't have my plastic ID card. Uh, now, but I every time uh, have a government application that verified me as person, and I have my digital ID card, which uh, which is equal to plastic one. So it's also worth uh, important to uh, to help the government and to, to also find a solution how we can keep uh, this information and. The last one, but uh, uh, in list, but not uh, in value, collecting evidence. Uh, first of all, it's crime against humanity, because we know that a lot of crimes which uh, Russian troops makes. I think you see photo from Bucha and also European and in other uh, small towns. Also, we, we know a lot of um, 
awful stories from uh, Cherkasy, also from Chernigov, uh, also in, uh, unfortunately now in Kherson. So there are a lot of uh, information which government must keep uh, to uh, other process. And also uh, we, we must uh, found the solution for that. And uh, of course, we have a lot of problem with um, affected uh, damage of buildings, of houses, uh, of lives, unfortunately. Uh, that's why we also need such solution. So first of all, I want to start from e-information uh, civiling uh, because it was the first steps because we understand that when wars start, we have a lot of questions, for example, um, how I can go to another city if I'm, for example, work in a factory. So it, it will be, it, it, is it mean that I must fire or I'm, I will find fire it? So there are a lot of questions about it. Also, a lot of questions about adoption because, uh, for example, grandma uh, can go with the child, but unfortunately mother, for example, or die or uh, or uh, just go to our defense forces. So there are a lot of cases where when uh, people must understand what to do and what the government support they can get also, uh, for example, what the status you will have. And unfortunately, uh, there are a lot of uh, questions about uh, what to do uh, if someone die, what uh, their procedure will be now, and uh, how to, uh, for example, defend their property, could they use guns or something like that. So the first initiatives which I want to describe you, it's Legal Development Network. Uh, the first of all, I must say that it's association of uh, lawyers uh, and uh, they um, uh, staying around the, our country. So it's a lot of uh, humans who have a connection and they promote the people's synthetic uh, justice, legal aid and legal education before the war, as you can see, because they are founded in um, 2009. And uh, during the war, they also... Um, also uh, follow the this uh, rule and uh, give uh, the advice for our citizens but also you can see uh, that um, how we transform our initiatives uh, legal development network first of all use their crm networks uh, system it's mean that um um, the out um, out web charts there where uh, the lawyers was um, Use uh, lawyers use these web chats for sharing information, also for creation subscri uh, scri uh, scripts, and also fast uh, answer it. Uh, they start using it for collecting needs of uh, Terrorbrona. It's mean local defense uh, groups of citizens, also about uh, defense force Ukrainian. So they collect all needs that they have, also the needs of the people, because the people who go to this, this center also started to go there in, uh, during the war. So they become the huge organization that collect all needs people have, legal and also another like food or, uh, or houses needed. So 
they start to analyze it and also separate uh, for uh, for categories and uh, after that they start sharing this information uh, inside the first of all inside the organization to create the humanitarian centers and after that they start to collect this data and also um, get go with this information to organization uh, in Ukraine that's provide also humanitarian um, support and, of course, uh, international organization. Um, legal development network have a start, uh, legal tech. Uh, what the legal tech um, point in these initiatives? The first rule: they create the web chat for uh, for collecting uh, the needs. Uh, so they also analyze these needs and give the quick response. And so they provide uh, almost automatically informa information for civilians about how they can uh, get what they need. The next one is Prowman. Uh, it's my project. Uh, the first of all, I must say that uh, this project also was born in 2018, so we are not young startup. Uh, we provide uh, automatic legal advising for Ukrainians and uh, we provide uh, the legal advice for first needs. It's mean about labor rights. Uh, today it's almost about labor rights, also about uh, some family issues, financial supports from government, also registration of, of status, uh, first ability displayed person and other issues, um, adoption, for example, or procedure that is like for, for adoption. Um, we use the uh, chatbot platforms, uh, Facebook, Telegram, Viber, also we create map uh, apps and also web chats. Uh, we, and we, with IE system, analyze the request following the answering questions. And after that, we indicate what the problem and after that uh, IE system gives you legal advice if you uh, you our users so uh, when the bar it started we of course start to add legal advice that's relevant for the war status and the next step uh, we start to collect data from our uh, international partners uh, about refugee inf information like uh, what uh, the tent, uh, what the status um, uh, citizens, uh, Ukrainian citizens could uh, get in the UA country, also what the right they will have, also how they must, uh, for example, uh, how they must improve their status there, so what their rights uh, after that they have, what the uh, issues uh, they can solve by, for example, government and uh, other information. The next, uh, the next, uh, in, I, I can see, I can say that it's initiatives. It's our totally work uh, products, legal tech, and sometimes open data tech, but we also think that it's more legal tech solution. Uh, so the next one is um, open data bot. Uh, this, uh, product uh, was firstly created for monitoring your official data at registers. It means that if something changed in the registered data about you, you of course must be notified about it. And if you are not uh, the person who 
create these changes, yeah, you can also uh, go to court with this evidence and also um, send the application for the government and this uh, product uh, help you in this. In first day of war, they um, make the most, I think, important um, steps for uh, for defense our uh, democracy for the fans our open data because they make copies of registered uh, to keep official evidence about right property because as i say almost every citizen in ukraine don't have uh, um, paper documents uh, about their status property on something like that we all this information have in our um, digital registers uh, so uh, it was the i think important uh, step uh, for defending our democracy after that because we understand that war if it will be stopped uh, we will win but uh, if we lost all our evidence it will be the house in this area that's why a lot of um, similar projects uh, also make recoveries but open data the biggest one that's why I tell you about uh, about it. Also, um, open data creates uh, small legal updates for people and create the base of uh, the base of available notary during the war because unfortunately we don't have such opportunity to uh, to. Um, to save all our systems, notary systems is also included in this meeting. Uh, um, so this is why we we also needed some proof and information what the instance, for example, works, what the court works, what the notary works, and open data as they um, have collaboration with government and they have access to almost all registered in in country they also collect this data they uh, analyze it and gives you a huge help in in it in this uh, area and they uh, besides all this uh, may um, teams uh, of open data but uh, uh, make also data analyze uh, they analyze with uh, registers uh, to indicate the Russian companies, also the Russian products, and they publish uh, this important information on their website in all, also in their bots, uh, because uh, unfortunately we see that uh, some Russian companies start to um, ask for donation, but we don't think that it, this donation will be for example for ukrainians defense forces so it was it it also the instrument of anti-propaganda that we see every day uh, i must to say that open data it's also chatbot uh, he lives in telegram also facebook and viber uh, that's why uh, i must say that ukraine love bots and today i told uh, about uh, I will talk about uh, boards a lot. Open data, as I say, uh, have collaboration and also get access to all uh, registers. It's uh, court registers. It's mean about it's uh, registers about um, court solutions, court, court resolutions, and also about um, the court participants. That's it's mean that they uh, they now provide information about what the court. Uh, 
cases available for following the protest, also what the court is work, what uh, happened with your court case. Also, uh, they um, give you access to not really available and um, about your data, but I must say that it's just copies now. Uh, our government don't publish any new uh, evidence about uh, about uh, about our status and registers because we have, as I say, a lot of open data information about our citizens. That's why, for our security as uh, humans, we also. Um, hide all information about our citizens and register it also to so open data uh, give you only access to your uh, recopies if you are users but also as I know they make recopies for all uh, citizens that uh, they could uh, have also about saving access to services um, as I say we have a lot of uh, cyber attacks that's why our um, sites like uh, government for, uh, for example we have uh, tax office government uh, site uh, uh, website that uh, give you opportunity to check information about uh, you as an entrepreneur is civil also you can send uh, for example tax reports uh, using uh, this uh, website and also uh, pay your taxes. Um, but now it's unavailable, of course, because uh, there are a lot of cyber attacks and also uh, sometimes um, our governments hide this. Uh, so that's why uh, also we have uh, some issues with uh, using our tax system. That's why Open Data Board have already uh, the opportunity to monitoring your official data about taxes also uh, parking finance and uh, you could uh, send the tax reports uh, to tax office so they also save this function and we use it uh, every time because unfortunately we couldn't go to off tax office it's uh, sometimes uh, impossible because uh, tax office for example leave their uh, their address location yeah or uh, some offices done doesn't publish uh, their location to uh, to be sure that they are secure also we have uh, such legal tech um, also legal tech solution like taxer taxer it's a uh, web platform tax advisor uh, and first of all they uh, helps ukrainians adapt to new uh, law changes because it's a new function for them they provide the, uh, the information about taxes about uh, your uh, your responsibilities and your duties uh, uh, during the world uh, war uh, in uh, uh, in tax sector, as I can explain. Uh, also, they uh, had before, and they also keep uh, help with sending tax report to tax office, and uh, they must uh, also launch the opportunity to pay uh, in their service uh, of uh, taxes. And I must say that before, uh, for example, Open Data Bot uh, have some percent or, or like uh, uh, service uh, ser service price for this function now uh, they make uh, opportunity to pay tax for free 
so it's also one um, one of example how legal tech market how legal tech product uh, also support ukrainians we have also government initiatives it's uh, dia first of all uh, i uh, also told you about that uh, we have uh, a lot of opportunity to get service by uh, this portal uh, dia and uh, in new features uh, was applying application about damage that was launched during the um, during the war and also uh, dia help make recopies of your documents its id card your passport also birth certification and other documents that identify you and your relative uh, uh, and also uh, your properties and uh, the last one initiatives which was also burned uh, born in uh, uh, war time it was Russian war tribunal board uh, it's also government uh, board which created uh, by our uh, defense forces uh, it's uh, helped collecting evidence about felony against international human humanitarian law it means that you uh, can also uh, help to um, uh, to collect uh, their photos and also information about damage uh, which uh, Russian troops makes and uh, these uh, photos, videos and other materials will be used in tribunal court, which uh, I think uh, will be not so long. And uh, as the last uh, thoughts and I last uh, word, uh, as I say, uh, we provide, uh, government provides uh, automatically legal advising for Ukrainians, but now we also work uh, on not only our internal uh, law, so uh, which uh, reduction Ukraine, but also we collect uh, the consultation for Ukrainians who live, unfortunately, country and uh, we create the best uh, with such advice so if you are a lawyer if you are so kind to uh, support ukrainians which uh, live uh, now live in your country uh, please join our legal um, legal aid net it's mean the huge community of lawyers who help us to create the first uh, need legal advice for ukrainians and uh, um, our team will automatize it so please uh, scan the qr code or uh, go to link and uh, share uh, join our initiatives thank you sorry awesome. this I, is amazing this is amazing and thanks so much for sharing uh, all this knowledge with us and now let's pass on to kim who's actually launched also an initiative to support the uh, people fleeing ukraine in the times of war and um, Kim, the floor is yours. Please share your uh, initiative with us. We look forward to hearing it. Yeah, thank you. Um, let me see, I'm so inspired by that past uh, uh, presentation, everything uh, going on there. And, and, uh, and I'm a big fan of the Legal uh, Tech Academy as well. So thank you for having me. You know, I, 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 um, I just want to start with the story just about about me you know when i was younger i spent two years of my life in ecuador and uh i was there i was away from home um i learned spanish um but while i was there i had some i had some health issues and i had to fill out paperwork in spanish and and it was it was very it was difficult and it, you know i i had i studied i studied spanish 
but you know, filling out forms not in my own language was a harrowing experience for me, especially being far away from home. And uh, and that uh, and that experience has always um, stuck with me about how difficult and 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 uh, scary that was. Anyway, fast forward um, to this crisis with uh, Ukraine. You know, Russia invaded Ukraine. Uh, there are 75,000 Ukrainians who are in the United States uh, temporarily. So they, they, they're on visas or um, they're students here and, they're, and their time in the country is coming to an end within the next several months. You know, but going, going home for many of those Ukrainians is not, is not an option or, or, or wasn't an, 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 an option before. And so in order to help Ukrainians stay in the United States longer, uh, the US granted Ukraine what's called temporary protected status. And that uh, allows Ukrainians to stay for 18 more months past the time of their visa. And so, um, so the, the, the United States announced that on March 3rd. And so our team, we, when they announced that, we looked at the paperwork that, that a Ukrainian would have to fill out. And it was the most complicated, difficult paperwork we had ever seen. You know, it was 30 pages long of, of paperwork. It was in legalistic English that, that you know, it, it, when I thumbed through it, I thought, gosh, this would be difficult for me to, to, to do as a native English speaker. And so we looked at it, we just thought there, you know, it's it, we thought that it was unreasonable to expect a, a Ukrainian, uh, a native Ukrainian to, to fill out those forms with such comp in such complicated English. And so um, we thought about ways to help. Now we, we um, as a company, we automate kind of uh, legal things for companies like employment paperwork and, and privacy paperwork. And so we, we have the technology infrastructure to automate and create a bot basically to help Ukrainians go through it. And then we looked for Ukrainian speakers to help us translate that into Ukrainian. Uh, and so um, just by, by coincidence, it turns out there was a Ukrainian family who was living just a couple blocks away from me. One of them was a linguistics uh, getting her linguistics degree at a nearby university and spoke perfect English. And so we, we used her time. We spent a week with her uh, all day, every day for a week in our office, running through um, help, having her help translate some of these um, uh, uh, different tools into Ukrainian. And, and the result is that we actually, we automated two forms. We automated the the temporary protected status form to help Ukrainians stay in the United States. And we were also able to, to automate the asylum application for, for Ukrainians to come in, in, into the United States. Here's, here's the site, the website, it's uh, at 650.com backslash Ukraine. Um, and so um, we have this in, in English here and then, um, we translated the site, this site, this whole site into Ukrainian as well. And so I believe this says, do you speak Ukrainian? Press this button. 
Um, and then this will switch the site into Ukrainian. Um, and then you can choose which application you want to do. Do you want to do TPS, the TPS of uh, the temporary protected status application? Again, that'll, that'll allow you to stay for 18 more months or the asylum application, which will uh, let you stay more permanently in, in the United States. And so uh, let's click TPS to the temporary protected status, TPS. The site again, we translated everything into from in in you know into Ukrainian. So we have it both in English and Ukrainian on the site. So let's do um, okay. So you you create an account, click start application, and then this will move you right into a question flow. And this question flow is in English, and then if you click this link, read in Ukrainian, it'll pop the question out into Ukrainian. And so you can read it in, in both languages. And then this, this can allow like Ukrainians that are here in the US, if they have a friend who can kind of help, help them through it. And, and so we, we, we wanted it both in English and Ukrainian so that they could work through it uh, concurrently with somebody. And then we, we uh, we translated this language. We um, we uh, uh, then tested it, and and had uh, uh, different uh, Ukrainians run through it, and Ukrainians of different English speaking ability. So um, you know we had very advanced English speakers, kind of middle of the road, and no English at all, and then had them uh, run through the tool to kind of see see how it works. And so. Um, all the buttons and the kind of and the calls to action are are in are in English and Ukrainian without having to press any button, and and you know this you know it ended up being pretty tricky in 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 the in the the application form for example, um, it asks for your first name, your middle name, and your last name, which is a very kind of um, American name construct, but in in Ukrainian for example we learned that. That uh, many Ukrainians don't have middle names; they have a they have a, a patronymic, and so um, and so we had to figure out, you know, how do we how do we do this? And we you know talked with officials to figure out, okay, well, first name, last name, and then for the middle name, we'll put their patronymic, uh, so that so that so that all their names are there. So I think that there wasn't just language translation, you know, there was kind of cultural translation uh, uh, as well that where where we needed to make it fit. Um, and so once you kind of put in um, this this information, you go you you answer all the questions. Let me let me scroll down to the very end. So this this application will um, it'll it'll run you through uh, you know maybe fifty to seventy questions depending on kind of how you answer those questions, and uh, and then you click yeah, and then once. Once you've answered all of them, uh, you click generate here. And then, uh, you know, thank you. Uh, this document is being generated and, and uh, we'll email you the document. And so we then take all the answers you've put in, we put it into the template application form. Uh, and then once it's done, then we email it out um, to, to the person. And then with that, um, so here, here we go here, here's the email. 
you know, thank you for using our one of our free products. We provided it to you in, in Microsoft Word. And then we've translated that, that here as well into Ukrainian. And then here is uh, the application. We, we include a cover sheet with instructions saying, here's how, here's your application. Here's what you need to do with it. You need to send it to, the, to these places. Um, so, so we give a pretty thorough um, uh, uh, instruction sheet. And then we give them the application here all filled out. Uh, and so again, we do that for both um, the temporary protected status and the asylum application. And then, and then I'll tell you uh, one uh, other thing that uh, we are working on is that uh, several, uh, so um, uh, there, there have been Ukrainians that have flown to Mexico and then tried to cross the, the US border through Mexico. Now, now the US has a law that I'm ashamed of, to be honest, but that, that separates children from their parents at the US border, you know, when, when they come across. And in order to get, in order to then link back up with your child, you have to fill out paperwork again. So that, that paperwork is not as complicated as this temporary protected status. But uh, in the next several weeks, we're going to be automating that paperwork for, uh, for Ukrainians crossing the border from Mexico to then link back up with their child. And we'll be translating it in, into Ukrainian and, and into Spanish, which happens a lot at that border as well. And so we're just we're looking for ways that we can uh, alleviate the documentation burden and, again, move it into kind of meet Ukrainians where they are in their own language um, so that they can fill out this paperwork and, and uh, relieve this one stress in their life. Mm, very inspiring and congratulations. I believe that we all are, we agree how helpful this initiative is. It's actually curious, the story you told uh, me personally, and uh, I believe that most of the participants that have had a chance to meet me before, they know that I've lived in eight different countries. So I'm very familiar with the immigration and I've had my uh, doses of immigration work. And I also, my first Regal Tech project was supposed to simplifying the immigration uh, paperwork. Um, but um, besides saying that anecdote, I wanted to ask you, Kim, actually, um, you mentioned the complexity of the legal jargon at first. And the first thing, of course, that came to everyone's mind is the, the topic of our last meetup, that is legal design. Um, was it anywhere? on your agenda to actually also, you mentioned the linguistic change, you mentioned the cultural shift, but is there any chances or how do you see the importance of actually, um, you know, looking at the legal design of those applications and what's your approach towards that? Yeah, so, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a great question. You know, I think that in, in a lot of ways, the, the foundational legal design there in the United States for processes like this are are are, are fundamentally broken, mm. you know. And so, you know, for example, having a form only in English for people who do not speak English, that in and of itself makes no sense. You know, having a form that Ukrainians are supposed to fill out and having it only be in English just makes absolutely no sense. You know, also there there. There were just incredible parts of that form. That that temporary protected status form asks 
for 300 different pieces of data that, mm -hmm. that, 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 that you have to fill in. There's a big section about eligibility, whether you're eligible to, to, to remain in the country. That alone had 75 questions in it. And those questions were, were duplicative, they overlapped, they were so confusing. And so a big part of our work was to look at that set, for example, and think like, how could, it doesn't need 75 questions. You know, can we narrow this down to six? And, and mm -hmm. you know, and, and I think to kind of get to your, you know, to get to your question, I think, you know, I'm, I, it, I think it's frustrating for us that we as a private entity have to do that, exactly. right? That it takes a private entity coming in to take that form and to simplify it and to make it more accessible. And, and that, um, uh, but that, you know, the, that there needs to be real change from the government side to look at those forms, figure out, you know, really have empathy for the users that are using those forms, you know, and, and kind of figure out a better way to, to, to process them. Mm. And I think it's a great lesson and a great, actually, um, learning experience because, of course, we are here talking about Ukraine, but this is not the first and the only war happening. And this is not the only immigration issue. And there's been immigrants fleeing from Mexico as well before. So we are all running and it's, um, and it's as I said, very inspiring uh, what happens inside of Ukraine. But I think that especially this topic of immigration where things are so fragile, where people are really in the situations of not speaking the language in, in matters that are so very, again, fragile as those people who find themselves in those situations because it's legal topics we are talking about. So they are so sensitive, as sensitive as med like medical sector, you know what I mean? So I believe that it's especially here that we should be maybe expecting a bit more from the government of not just the US, but also other countries. Um, well, and I but, think, um, yeah, you know, I, I, again, kind of going back to this experience that I had in Ecuador filling out forms, you know, I, I was proficient in Spanish. Mm -hmm. I could live well, I could get things I needed. I had friends. You know, I, I, I could socialize, I could speak Spanish. You were well in the sense that there was no war happening in your, in your country. You yeah. were not separated from your family. You didn't have the sense of urgency and yes. And, but, but my level of Spanish was not sufficient to fill out a complicated form. You mm -hmm. know, that level of, 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 of proficiency is completely different. And I think, you know, sometimes in the government, they think like, well, they're here, they're speaking English, they can fill out a form in English. And, and, you know, but you look at those forms and you think, look, there are words in here that are not used, mm -hmm. that are only used in, in legal settings. There's just no way that that is part of the vocabulary of, of a typical Ukrainian who's in the United States. It's, it's completely unreasonable. And so, you know, again, I think, you know, the government needs more empathy to, to really think about what are the circumstances that people are filling these forms out in. And, and anyway, providing it in, in, in the way they do doesn't make any sense. Um, mm -hmm. And so we've, we've tried to fill in and fill that gap and, and to help people do it. Amazing, amazing job. I'm just going to, we've got five minutes left for the Q&A section. So I wanted to actually open the floor. I see we've got Dima mentioning the initiative that's you for you 
and asking whether you've heard of it and you've had a uh, walking experience with it. You for you, I believe this is some sort of um, American. United for Ukraine. Mm. Oh, United for Ukraine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've, we've, um, we've been in touch with them. I'd, I'd, I'd have to ask the person who's, who's kind of coordinating the, the outreach for it. But, but yes, I know, I know that we've, that, that we've been in contact with them and that, and that we're um, trying to coordinate efforts there. Mm. Awesome. I had a question, Iga. Yes, please go ahead. Um, so I can imagine in uh, times of war, um, people lose or their, their mobile phones or their mobile phones are destroyed. Um, whether it's hacking or Russian government, um, data networks could be disrupted. Um, is there any focus on less advanced technology for people without smartphones, you know, by SMS? Or yeah. I, I can only imagine, you know, that it may not be easy to access a computer terminal, you know, when your house is burning down. Um, I, I, and uh, I have um, some acquaintances who have done some similar work in Africa, uh, uh, banking by, by uh, non-smartphones. Non um, are there any such initiatives, you know, uh, like this going on? I can answer uh, because uh, I also analyze such uh, initiatives. Uh, for example, United for Ukraine uh, make the call center that you can call uh, just for okay. your phone. And also they have um, a huge guides which print and they bring to uh, centers. But I must say that um, maybe uh, it's not relevant information because uh, all people who uh, just start from the statement, uh, almost 90% uh, of uh, um, Ukrainians who go abroad, uh, they have the phone uh, because they or buy in Ukraine and just after that left, or for example, some uh, centers with humanitarian help also give them uh, the phones or for example one phone for the family they have so it's not a so big problem and okay. also as i say uh, ukrainians is is very digitalized uh, government uh, sector mm -hmm. so okay. um, we know we have uh, the uh, digital transformation ministry and mm -hmm. we push uh, the mobilization of our mobilization and can say so we provide a lot of uh, smartphone for our ukrainians because we are sure that it's the step to be more free because uh, we also are going to uh, create electronic democracy and that's why i think the better idea to create uh, the initiatives in the internet in the web uh, sector and it's more easier to print something uh, if someone has uh, access, then uh, provide the special paper help because unfortunately it's more complicated now. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast episode of Legal Tech Academy podcast. Thank you to our guests who presented us with their projects on Legal Tech for Ukraine and to our audience for the questions and the participation. Please remember to support the course financially with all the details that we shared through our social media challenge, as well as to meet us the next time during our meetup and engage with us in conversations on any topic of your interest related to legal innovation and legal technology. 
Take care, everyone, and see you next time.